is really like the data yeah. for making his case and it's good it's fine but it's also pretty tedious because he goes through so many different examples so many different mm -hmm. theologians and uh and a lot of them are are from the lutheran stripe uh, but both conservative and then less conservative so he because he's talking about the misapplication of the two realms he's trying to say these things were right but these things are wrong so let's come to a better understanding of it but then right when that ends he starts getting into it and like talking about because <laughs> i think it's a great section on like flags in the sanctuary and i know that that might be that's a probably a hot button issue for yeah so yeah let's well, everybody turn and say the pledge of allegiance to oh yeah he said he he says nope this is this i don't is... know where do you come down on that like should the pledge of allegiance be said in the sanctuary on a sunday morning no no i, I should do not. not no because it is and this is the point that he makes and and, and this definitely stands out more in traditional liturgical churches where the sanctuary is set apart for worshiping God. So correct. That's it. And pledging like, allegiance to nothing else. Correct. Correct. <laughs> like nothing uh, else. And, and something he points out is that when we do that and when we kind of show this uh, favoritism in a sense, but a, you know, in a, in a divided allegiance, one that's bad correct. for the body, but two, that cuts you off from the rest of the body of Christ around the entire world. That doesn't have, you know, the freedoms that we have and are enduring probably a lot more than what we are. Though. There's a uh, there's a guy who he he was involved with um, some of the Baptist seminaries. I think he worked at Lifeway for a while. Um, his name's Ed Stetzer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know who Ed Stetzer is? Yeah. Okay. So uh, this has to be probably over a decade now. But I send I I put it out on social media every year. Yeah. You you saw it? Yeah, that quote, yeah. Yes, where it's every July 4th, whatever <laughs> Sunday falls around July 4th is today we gather to celebrate America and worship God. Let's not confuse the two. Yeah, yeah. Which is poignant. We're uh, yeah. not coming to celebrate God and worship America. Yeah. Because oftentimes that ends up being what happens. Right. Like I, I am very much against. Not I don't. I hate to be like that guy. It's like I'm against. I'm against. But I'm like, I'm for. I'm pro worship of God. Therefore, <laughs> I am against patriotic songs being sung yeah. in the worship service. Like I We're, do not want to hear well, America's beautiful. I don't want to hear the Star Spangled Banner. I don't <laughs> want to hear God bless America in no. a worship service because they are drawing attention to something that is created rather than the one the who created creator. yeah so exactly. yeah i i and like i know i know in, in the church that i attend that's been a battle that's been fought because you get some people who are like why are we not singing these songs around these patriotic songs and it's like well guess what because <laughs> we're here to worship jesus not america um, right and regardless of your preference or your comfort we don't care <laughs> yeah that's what your he, opinion that, that's like, what he brings up is mentioning these things is going to make people uncomfortable and they it's should and, yeah. and and you know what that's okay I, like i i've told you before like one of the best things i've ever heard from a pulpit was when i lived in 
uh, in Texas, and I attended Matt Chandler's church, and he was going to come and mm-hmm. bring some tough truth to people and started his message by saying, this is going to create some space for next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, bring it, man. Like, come yeah. on. I'm ready. I'm ready to listen yeah. to that because it's important like, yeah. to speak speak truth, right? Even if it is yeah. inconvenient. Yeah. Which is what we're going to talk about tonight when we talk about mm-hmm. making and training men. So yeah. this should get really fun and hopefully <laughs> maybe spark some conversation. So are yeah. you ready to go? Sure. All right, let's do it. everybody welcome to the two chaps pod he's coleman i'm aj we are ready to bring you another episode hopefully you have enjoyed what you've seen uh through youtube or listened to through spotify and apple make sure you're subscribed to all of those places because there's content dropping every week but tonight coleman we've talked a lot about manhood i mean one of our first episodes was what is a man we consistently are bringing our topics back around to the idea of manhood, obviously. So let's talk tonight about making men. And what we mean by that is not <laughs> kind of what we talked about with the whole purity culture thing. That's not yeah. what we mean. Yeah. What we mean is like part of our thing as dads, as we've said, is to love, to serve, to provide, protect. protect. But then we've also said to train. Uh, our families and that would also include like for yourself and for me the sons that god has given us to steward yeah so how do we make men or train men and that is the conversation for tonight yeah well i mean and it's a really really simple process right it's it's not deep at all there's nothing to even worry about this would just be like (laughs) this and then we're done exactly just very surface level that's that's yeah that's the, I mean, there is that simplicity to it of, well, how do you make men? You listen to God and how he made men. And that's a cop out. No, I'm just kidding. I, yeah. <laughs> it's not a well, it, it, I, I mean, but that is what it comes down to. How yeah. did, in, in a real sense, how did God make man? Well, he formed him out of the dust of the ground, breathed into him, and then he spoke to him and mm-hmm. told him who he was and what he was supposed to do and gave him stuff to do. Now, that's in a real sense. That's what it means to be a man is to follow in that those footsteps, to listen to the word of God, and to be formed by it, so that you carry out the responsibilities and roles of being a man. And that is the things that you've named, and I would also add in there a, a which well kind of encompasses all of it to be a leader, because mm-hmm. that's the responsibility that God gave Adam in the garden, and that is. Throughout the scriptures, God is always calling the men to account for the well-being of his people, the kings, the prophets. You know, The judges saved Deborah are supposed to be doing yeah. that. And the, only, and the reason Deborah is appointed is because the men aren't doing their job. So there is a real sense of how do you make man? Well, you have to look to God's word to do that. But God's word is was written down for over 2000 years ago more than that though depending on the length of the time so it's how do we take what was written then and mm-hmm. apply it to now yeah. and that's that's where that's where really where it gets tough 
it is where it gets tough. I think that they're great examples um, of how we can. Well, I mean, we go back to um, the, the quote, and I, I'm I'm gonna. I always get this wrong because I always have to look it up <laughs> multiple times. Because I, I forget the guy's name, but he here we go. I got it right here. And I'm going to make sure that I read it correctly. Um, but the American writer, Clarence Buddington Kellen. I'm going to write that on my wall, I think, uh, yeah. right here. So that I. But he said, my father didn't tell me how to live. He lived and let me watch him do it, yeah. right, which is a great quote. But then we also have another quote by uh, Charles Spurgeon Yeah. that – you know, I'm I'm a bit. You're partial to Martin Luther. Yeah. I tend to be a little bit more partial to uh, Charles Head Spurgeon, C H yeah. Spurgeon, Spurgeon, if you will, who once said to train a child in the way he should go, which is scripture. Yeah. But then be sure mm-hmm. to go that way yourself. Yes. Right. Yeah. And if we take those two ideas, I yeah. think for. For us, like as dads and as men, there's a there's a great um, a great clip on the internet by a guy that if you if you read the uh, Society Needs Warriors, which we could probably actually talk about in this uh, podcast yeah. tonight too. Mm-hmm. But if you read that that article on on Uncultured Dad, and you should because it's a good article written by yours truly. <laughs> there's a clip in there by a guy named Nick Fritas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, not the clip that I'm going to reference right now, but that clip's good, so you should watch it. But at one point, he says on a podcast he was going on, he goes, our job as dads raising sons is to remember that we are raising our replacement. Mm -hmm. And that goes to our legacy talk, right, that we have. But we're training that replacement. So what are we wanting them to replace? Well, we have to right. set the example of how they should replace us, right? Because yeah. he gets in in that clip, he talks about how his grandfather had um, basically threatened his dad that if you do not let me go sign up for World War II, I'm going to run away and become a ward of the state so that they will let me sign up for World War II. Wow. Uh, so he goes and serves in World War II, and then Nick's dad had a long career as an LAPD officer, I believe. And then Nick served as a Green Beret um, in in um, the Army. But he And then he said, I remember that time coming back and sitting down with my grandfather and my dad, no longer as like under them, but equal to them, mm-hmm. and now adding my stories to their stories because they had trained this replacement, right? And and, yeah. and I just, when I think about training and I think about fatherhood, like that legacy, that replacement aspect is so huge. But yeah. what is the example that we are setting? Right. Yeah. The patterning, I guess, if you want to call it that, where it is I'm doing something and my children pick it up is – you know, so important for our, our our children. So it's, you know, in making men, we ourselves have to be men. Correct. And so, you know, that's, we, we've talked about this in different, uh, different areas before, but that example that you set, you know, getting up and going to work to, to provide for your family, whatever, whatever that is, Maybe, but even above that, first of all, your example 
in your relationship with God, calling upon God as your father, recognizing mm-hmm. that, and there's a hymn that we have in our hymnal, uh, our father by whose name all fatherhood is known, that that's where we draw our example and that that's what we are passing on to our children. Did and you print, write a blog on that or did you put it up as a quote post? I, I, I put it up as a quote. Okay, that's what um, I thought because I, I yeah. remember that hymn specifically. Yeah. Like, Yeah. Yeah, okay. And so that example that we set in that regard will help shape and mold our young men to become men. And we've talked about it in other places, the how we treat our wives uh, and how we treat others. And this is especially true. There is a sense of when men men start to interact with each other again Mm -hmm. in terms of leadership things. That's an example that's set too. I want to see put it in concrete terms i want my son to see me interacting with fellow men at the congregation and especially the elders in a respectful way so that he learns this is what is owed to them yeah and i i think that concept and this is going to be a, a strange reference but proverbs 31 which is mostly about women you know an excellent wife who can find Uh, but the there's there's a verse in it in 20 31 23 her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land uh now in in the context of that why that's good is that she is handling everything in the home so well that he can go out and handle what's happening publicly but the imagery there is that the men are coming together at the gates the the entrance to the city to figure out you know, how do we need to continue protecting? How do we need to make sure life is continuing to flourish here? Mm-hmm. All all those things that they are responsible for, that God holds them accountable for. And when the wife is taking care of the family and doing the things that God has given her to do, then men should be stepping up and doing what they've been given to do in that role of protecting, providing, and then loving, serving, and training. And so you you, you see that as... This is the type of men we want to be. And so how do we how do we get there? Well, prayer, study of God's word, setting the example for others. Yeah. Yeah, I I um it it amazes me how well my kids listen when I don't think they're listening. Yeah. They don't listen when they're supposed to listen. Right. But when I don't think that they are listening, they're listening, right? And yeah. it was uh, never more evident to me than I was picking Jack up from school last year. We're driving back home, and it's not far. I mean, the, his school was in our basically in our subdivision at the time. And I had Sports Talk Radio on, which is somewhat safe, but also potentially dangerous, <laughs> right? Um, and... All of a sudden, the commercial comes on, and he's, like, singing it. <laughs> and mm, I was like, yeah. wait a second. How do you know that commercial? And he's like, oh, I hear it all the time, right? I, I think it was the Arby's commercial where it's like, we have the meat. <laughs> and he, like, sang it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, I got to, like, be super careful because whatever <laughs> you are hearing or you're very clearly observant and you're seeing what, how I act, how your mom acts, and, but you right. also see how people around you, you know, at church and all that interact right. with each other, which I think is 
kind of the point that you were making about those elders yep. sitting at the gate and kind of, I mean, essentially, literally being gatekeepers yep. of the community at that point, right? Right, exactly. Um, which is important. Um, so it, it makes me think about a a piece of scripture that I always go to when I talk about manhood. Uh, when I talk about growth specifically, and there is a blog on Uncultured Dad. Like, listen, I'm going to keep plugging that because it's our website. It's what we do. <laughs> right, so make yeah. sure you're on Uncultured Dad. But the four domains of growth uh, when it comes to masculinity specifically and how we can grow and be that example for our uh, our sons and then hopefully in the process be training them to be our replacement. Luke 2.52, Jesus increased or grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men, which tells me a couple of things. Number one, he grew intellectually. He grew in wisdom. He grew in stature, so he grew physically. There's a health aspect to it, right? Mm -hmm. And then he grew in favor with God, so he grew spiritually, and he grew socially. Mm -hmm. So intellectually, physically, socially, and spiritually, I, I, I consider the four domains of growth for, for man. If yeah. we're going to grow into and train men in the right way, this is how we should train them. Yeah, and they have to have aptitude in those all those areas because Correct. all those areas are going to demand of them, and for them to be really in a in, in a complete as as Jesus, we've talked about this before. As Jesus is truly the 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 truest man that has ever lived, because he lived without sin, mm-hmm. he was completely obedient to his father. He did all that we were supposed to do, but our sin has kept us from doing that. He, those four domains and his growth there, his example of that is what we are expected to do as well, to be true men. Uh, granted, again, we've got that sinful nature that hangs around us, but that's the other side of this. It, it really going with the the examples of men Kind of where does it start? Well, it starts with repentance and confessing. You know, I have not done these things that I'm supposed to do. Heavenly Father, have mercy on me. And he does. He says, I've given my son for you. Your sins are forgiven. Get back out there and be the men that you're supposed to be. And so that's 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 really that spiritual growth is recognizing our in uh, our limitations and our seeking God for help to grow there. And then that opens up the the rest of those domains because when you're right with God, well then other things tend to go right too. Doesn't mean there it's not that doesn't mean it's easy. It just Correct. tends to go right. Yeah. Yeah, I um I, I I think spirit obviously spiritual is where everything kind of flows from and starts. But it's interesting to me too how we have these domains, right? And they're not that different from what even ancient philosophers like idealize this main like or or ideal man um, to be right. Nietzsche yeah. with his with his ubermensch <laughs> or superman, yeah. right? Um, and then um, even Aristotle and his ideas like th- these are ideas that have persisted throughout time. Except for when you read the ancient philosophers, they're telling you to grow in wisdom and they're telling you to grow physically 
and they're trying they're telling you to grow spiritual or or socially they're trying to tell you to grow relational like all these different ways but what they never mention is the 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 spiritual aspect they might talk about you know tapping mm-hmm. into something larger or having a purpose for your life but that's directionless yeah. right yeah. it's not well, you know specifically pointed to growing in favor with God, right? right? Essentially growing in another word for favor being grace. Or I love the way that Peter talks about it in First Peter where he says, grow up in your salvation, mm-hmm. right? Which is what this growing spiritually is. So yeah. for dads, like these, if we're training our replacement, then we want to look, how are we doing socially? Mm-hmm. How are we doing physically, mm-hmm. right? Are we... Are we struggling to, you know, wrestle around with the kids because we're out of shape? Like, physical health (laughs) is important, right? Right. I mean, that's very, very, very important. Um, How are we doing socially? How are we doing intellectually? Like, Mm -hmm. when's the last time you opened a book? (laughs) That's kind of, like, an important question because we can draw wisdom from those that have gone before us. Mm And especially like the 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 intellectually and kind of wisdom to couple with that, it's not it's not only opening a book, although that's wonderful, great start. But it's also being discerning of what is being fed to you Mm -hmm. on the intellectual, because everything now is an information source. And whether that information is good, bad, whether that information is infotainment in the in the sense that or entertainment that is trying to shape and mold you a certain way so to grow intellectually is to be able to discern all right what is good and what is right what mm-hmm. is as you know saint paul says what is noble um and set your mind on these things that are above whatever is true whatever is pure, pure noble yeah exactly set your it's, mind on these things right and so if you're intellectually we should be engaging in that and not in a real sense debasing ourselves with falsehood ultimately, but then other perversions that would try to pull us away from, again, the glory of God and his intent for us. So I want to push back just to clarify, because I okay. think that I I think you would agree with me Um but I don't want somebody to hear that and go, I should never then read something that does not agree with what I agree with, which is not what you were saying. Correct. Like there is and there is the whole principle or idea of know thine enemy and you'll know thyself mm-hmm. or whatever that quote is from Sun Tzu. Yeah. I've quoted it, misquoted it <laughs> multiple times, times on this that, show. Yeah, now, yeah. I'm going to actually look it up when you start talking to make sure that I quote it correctly. But gotcha. I think it is very important that we do understand what that alternate information is compared right. to truth, right? Because people are going to engage us on those battlegrounds. Correct. And it is important to know at least where the footholds are that you can Correct. say, no, this is not true. I need you to understand this is what I believe to be true. Correct. And that that's the discernment piece. That's, Correct. that's what I'm really focusing on because yeah, like we've talked about, you know, I enjoy watching the office. Um, yes, me which too. is not, but you know, 
it is definitely not the the most it was well, not a christian show at all and no. you know there are things in there that are straight up opposed to christianity and things that are endorsed in there so we have to go wait a second okay so it is it's that having discernment about all right you know i understand this is what they're celebrating and this is what they're promoting but i know that that's against god's will and while i may find some humor in it i really ought to know wait a second if that person continues the way that they are they're going to continue on a road to damnation and not to salvation Correct. and that's that's huge so it, it comes with that and that's the same with and i'm not saying don't be entertained because there are there god has given us wonderful gifts art music uh, literature film now you know that that can be enjoyed and can be taken in and are are edifying but there has to be a measure of discernment with it correct there is a and i sent this clip to you about because we were going we're discussing making men and one of my favorite <laughs> uh monologues ever in film about making men and, and one of my favorite movies ever is called sin of a woman and I love it, but it is also, it, 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 I can, I, it, it, you, it's rated R for a reason. Yeah. And it, there are many instances in there where there's explicit language. And even in that monologue, it's, a, it, it's explicit. Yeah. It's nothing we and, could ever post. Right. Nor would we uh, ever post. Uh, right. Yeah. And so yet there, there, when he's, when Al Pacino is giving this at the end of the movie or close to the end of the movie, there's something he draws out about manhood that is very poignant. And he brings up the virtues of really courage and of standing your ground and, you know, sticking, sticking by your word and by your showing your loyalty. Mm -hmm. And it also contrasts that with how, when you, the quote, he's, he's like, I've seen, uh, Boys with their, he, he's, so to give context, he's a former lieutenant colonel in the army, hence a lot of the language. But he talks about, you know, I've seen boys with their arms ripped out, their limbs severed, and, you know, terrible things. But if you amputate a soul, there is no prosthetic for that. And what he's trying to get across to this kind of jury that's going on is, if you make this decision, you are going to destroy this boy's soul mm -hmm. yet all the characteristics that he has displayed all the virtues that he has of his loyalty his respect his courage to stand up uh you are you are destroying that and you're just you're destroying what makes him a good man so anyways all it is to say that's there's there's a lot of truth in that but it's also and it's covered with so much obscenity and you know things that are taboo, and it's you, you got to right. be you got to be very careful with that. So, again, to your point, what was behind that is always be discerning of what you're taking in intellectually, because it does it has an effect on you, and that should also then promote the thing you should be taking in the most is scripture. God's word. Yeah, scripture exactly. Yeah, and. Again, the, with what our children observe of us, specifically our sons, how often do they see you reading Scripture? Mm -hmm. 
How often do they hear you singing worship? How yeah. often do they hear you praying to God? Right, like those things are um, those are examples that you set, mm-hmm. right? Um, for some of us, though, that may be a little bit more difficult. You you may be someone who rises before everybody else in the household, and that's when you read your word. Yep. I I get it, right? I that's that's usually my time too. Yep. However, I mean, given my job and and different things that I do at church ministry wise, like there's always a Bible open around me because I'm always you know working on something. Yep. Um, but but setting that example is. I don't know. I just I can't I can't stress it enough, right? I can't stress enough how important it is for us to understand. Like our kids are watching. Yep, they're seeing. The setting aside time for that too, be it at dinner, be it before you go to bed, before the kids go to bed, mm-hmm. to have that focused yeah. time of of prayer, of reflection. Yeah. Of, of reading God's word, you know, mm-hmm. and, and this, this is going to depend on age. You know, I, I get that. But there's you some know. great kids resources as far as Bible stories go. Correct. Like the Jesus Storybook Bible is a great option to read with your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, the Great Big Story Bible, I think it's called. I'm about to look it up. The but the... it's from Crossway, which is okay. a – which is um. A great one. I found that Sun Tzu quote, by the way, but uh, go ahead. So, yeah, the one that we have used, we, we've actually, what's interesting, we, the kids will go to the library and they'll they'll pick out some of the different children's Bibles. So we've used yeah. several different ones. But the one that's kind of standard in our household is called the Story Bible, and it's produced by uh, Concordia Publishing House. And it is very well illustrated. So... The biggest I mean, story Bible storybook is what this one's called. Okay. The bi- it's by Kevin D. Young and Don Clark, um, okay. and it's published yeah. by Crossway, who yeah. publishes the ESV. The ESV, yeah. Um, the Eternally Sovereign Version. Right. Um, but, yeah, they that book is, I mean, it's just about every story in the Bible. Yeah. And it's, it, it's really good. They call it, yeah. Jesus is known as the snake crusher. Like in the Good. Old Testament, yeah, right. Like so, it's it's really cool, and they even tell you like there's introductions to each genre of scripture too. So mm-hmm. like this is the Pentateuch, and it tells you about the law, but they also say this is not a substitute for scripture. Like so, right. if there's ever a not discrepancy yeah. because they tried to be as as true to the Bible as they could could, but I mean they have they say like always return to scripture. It's yeah. a great book because it has um like good like mosaic like art, like cartoon mm-hmm. art that the kids like love to yeah. see, very descriptive pictures and I mean they don't mess around. They talk about the Israelites being enslaved. They yeah. talk about the death that ensued because of the 10th plague. Yeah. Um and they talk about you know, yes, Moses was a rescuer. Yeah. But the children of Israel still needed an even greater rescuer who was yeah. to come. Yeah. Um, and there's a prayer associated with every story, too. It's a mm-hmm. really good book. Yeah. Good. Yeah, that's – and I would say whichever one resource you use, don't just give it to your children, but read it with your children. Yeah. And develop that as the habit. Correct. You know, again, that's just – 
set aside five, ten minutes to do that with them. Mm-hmm. And then there's plenty of, I mean, there's a bunch of, there's a litany of children's songs that you can learn and sing. I mean, Jesus Loves Me is the easiest one out there. And it is, and and when you really take hold of those words, you know, okay, when the children grow up, they're going to go, all right, Jesus loves me this, I know. Why? Well, the Bible, the Bible tells, tells me so. Tells so. Yeah. so let me go back there and see what what this mm-hmm. says. And then, you know, there are other, we have a, it, it's a, it's out of print now, but it's called Children's Garden of Song. And they are just hymns and, old, they're, well, they're not hymns, but they're, they're children's songs, but they're based on, on scripture. And so we, we've used some of those. And then I, and I would challenge you, uh, you know, there are hymns that are out there that children can learn. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm talking like hymns that are 500, 700, thousand years old that they may seem complicated at first, but if you do them enough, the kids pick up on it. And that's, and a lot of those hymns, the reason they're still around today is because of what they confess about Christ. And so when you're, when you're building that in and when you're, you're building and just simple things with them, you know, pray in the Lord's prayer. Uh, Again, I, I'm a huge proponent of that because that is, it is, the way Jesus gave it, it was simple enough that it would be embedded in our minds that we could just pray those words. And as you get older, to recognize that each of those things that we're asking for can be expounded upon to actually fit the needs that you have in your life at that time. So you take that time and you do that with them and that begins that molding process. But then as you're saying, there are other things that they're going to pick up on and it's going to change as they get older, specifically with our sons that they're going to need to learn that we have to teach them as men. And that is, again, that providing and protecting part because they're going to hit that age. You and I have both already been there where they're going to think I'm a world beater. And how, where do I take this energy and where do I, Correct. you know, wh- yep. how do I focus it correctly? And you have to yep. go, okay, okay, let's, let's, let's channel it the right way. Yeah. We, um, We've talked a lot about the example, and, and and I want to make sure that this was said. This does not happen by accident. Right. Okay? Which we've talked about a lot of great things and a lot of, like, good opportunities that, that you know, you can take advantage of. But if you are not intentional, it will never happen. Yeah. Great ideas fantastic mm-hmm. but they're only ideas until you actually put flesh to them and make them happen which mm-hmm. means going back to our favorite word on this podcast <laughs> you have to be disciplined yeah which means that you need to be focused which means that you do need yeah. to have a plan of attack in order to make sure that you are training the appropriate way yeah. so one of the ways that that works out for us is i don't know if we've shared this publicly or not but whatever it's fine jess and i plan to, to homeschool um yep. which starts this year and actually it mm-hmm. starts by the time this podcast comes out it'll already be yeah. started um but one of the things that we are were very that was very important to us is if we are going to have good structured days then we have to start our day structured and we have to end mm-hmm. our day structured with yep. a book in it so 
she found this thing online. It's been working out great. I've loved it. It's called the high five and the low five. So every morning they have five things that they have to do to be ready for the day. Have breakfast, mm-hmm. brush your teeth, get dressed. I forget what the other two are because I'm always working, right? <laughs> but then when those five things are completed, they get a high five and the day starts. Mm-hmm. Then at the end of the day, we implemented the low five. So here's here's your next set of five things that you have to get accomplished. You have to get your pajamas on. You have to brush your teeth. You have to pick out your clothes for the next day. You have to reset a room or tidy up a room, which usually just means their room. And then it's God time, which is where we read Yep. Um, from, you know, that biggest storybook Bible, I give them the option. We can either read a story from there or we can sing together. Like mm-hmm. those are the two options. Right. And, uh, so far it's been split about the two, but like, that's our plan because it has to be intentional. Yeah. It can't just be this random, well, we'll get yeah. to it when we get to it because mm-hmm. you'll never get to it. Yep. And that, and I'll put a plug in for traditional worship in this regard that's the the beauty of something like a liturgy where it is structured for you sure and and it is pretty consistent week to week and so that you know what that ends up doing what's supposed to do is train you if your corporate worship is is set up that way that you take those habits and go home with them yeah. and really it, we've talked about this before luther in a small catechism he almost assumes that that is what is going on in the life of the, the church together. So in the home, he just carries those things right over and says, okay. you know, here's how you start your day. Here's what you do at lunch. Here's what you do in the evening. And that, you know, that's the that's the cycle that you're supposed to be going through. It's interesting. You, I, I've never heard of that, like as a, you know, setting up I, five. You know, it's uh, one of those instagram influencer well, just found it online and okay. it, like it works well, right well, yeah, so it's like kids it, want a high five and it just yeah. works out great because that's i mean is what you named about put your pajamas on brush your teeth you know get the get the room straightened up mm-hmm. then devotion and then story time with mom like those that's exact that's our routine every night and it's it's always the same of all right we're, you know, if we've been playing outside or if we've watched a, a movie, all right, time's up. It's time to get ready for bed. Here, you got, you guys know what you need to do, and it's it's just interesting that that. I would assume that that's pretty consistent uh, with with people it, because if if, if right. somebody's bringing it up and saying here's here's how to do it, and so anyways, but like but like it also is. It's one of those like markers for the night too, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, our low five is starting right now, which means we need to accomplish these things in the next so ever. Instead of it just being like, it's after dinner, let's do this, let's get our clothes picked out. It's like, no, we do our dinner routine and, and then go and play or whatever the case may be. And then it's like, okay, time to start our low five. So let's go get our pajamas on. Let's get a snack real quick, you know, brush our teeth, pick out our clothes, tidy up a room, and go from there. Because it just helps to set that tone, right? Like, yeah. I, I mean, boundaries for kids are a good thing. <laughs> boundaries yeah. for anybody are a good thing, right? Yeah. And And learning how to operate inside of those boundaries, even as an adult, 
is very yeah. important. I mean, yeah. we can have free spirits, and I listen. If you're a free spirit, God help you. But <laughs> I mean, I mean, God bless you. But yeah. at the same time, like you still need structure. Everybody needs structure, specifically kids. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Personal yeah. opinion, publicly expressed. Yeah, it's, I'll, I'll pick up two things on that. One, you think about creation of man in the beginning god gave him limitations so and that's a a huge thing you talked about nietzsche earlier and this idea of the ubermensch and really the superman yeah is this idea that there are no limits you you know you you create whatever and you go out and you you accomplish it that's the that's the the overman is the one who stands above the rest Mm-hmm. doing being the authentic self all that stuff like that where where there's not supposed to be any limits on him but god put limits on us in the beginning and that's actually a very good thing that that's it put us in the role that we were supposed to be in as stewards of creation as the crown of creation we screwed that up and sin and the devil have tried to get us to get rid of those boundaries all all throughout I mean, all throughout history. Correct. So so that's the first part. And then the second part, I was going to bring this up as a quote. When Paul is writing to Titus, as Titus has become a pastor in the, in the town, and he's given him yeah. pastoral advice, how to interact with people, uh, how to take care of the flock God has entrusted to you. And he, he says this about the young men that, they are to be self-controlled. Likewise, urge young men to be younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. So, you know, those words are directed to Titus, but as Titus being the example of a young man for the people he's around, this is what he expects. And that's really the expectation that we should have on us because we would be considered young men, but definitely what we are to be training our young, younger men into is that self-control, having nothing that, that we're in a real sense beyond reproach in our public life that, you know, no one can bring any accusation against us. And in fact, that God would use that to, for his own purposes, now, to bring about repentance in someone else's life or to bring about an example for someone else to follow. So, yeah, I, I just thinking about limits and being self-controlled and understanding that that's, those are actually good things that God has given to us and, and to use your favorite word, to be disciplined mm-hmm. about that. Our favorite word. Don't Our just put word. that on me. Come well, on now. Yeah. Make uh, me I mean... sound like the disciplinarian <laughs> here or the tyrant when in reality... Uh, well, yeah, it's we, just good advice. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we and we've talked about that, that difference between you know dis, discipline is not tyranny. Tyranny, right? Yeah. It is the well comes from the word disciple. Correct. It is following mathetes, yep. mathematics. It's being it's it's following the sound pattern of instruction and committing yourself to it and doing it. Mm-hmm. And it is not yes. If that pattern, if you go outside your limits, as uh, to use our terminology, well, then, yeah, the the discipline of the Lord will 
bring you back. That's that's what he intends to do because he desires that all men would not that he desires that none would perish, but that all would reach oh, yeah. repentance. And so that repentance is part of that discipline of, of coming back in line with what God actually wants you to do. Yeah, I I love when we talk about discipline and it's like <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Because no. it's not a bad thing and it's it it's such and it, and it's good to instill that into those that we are training mm-hmm. as far as discipline is concerned. And and discipline in all areas of our life, right? As far as scripture intake, as far as, you know, um chores around the house. Like that's why you provide structure because if you don't have structure, I mean, but too much structure could be a little bit of a, a, a problem, right? There needs to be grace for them to be kids, 100%. And, and, yeah. and honestly, there needs to be space for them to make mistakes so that they can learn from them. Correct. Um, yeah. But man, oh man, if there's no structure, we've all been around yeah. those parents. <laughs> yeah. not, to, and, not to call them out because they're doing what they feel is best, but... Right. But there, yeah, and and that's that's the tension we live in is mm-hmm. that it, it we don't want to overburden them with these things that uh, uh, really you know perfection on, on you know, like I had the kids out playing uh, baseball the other night softball kind of stuff and it's like you know I can't expect them to have a swing like King Griffey Jr. Oh, what a sweet swing. They, yeah, oh, the first man. time they, they pick up a bat. So it's like, why would, you know, I can't put that expectation on them. But I also, I can't just say, all right, yeah, pick up the bat, figure it out. No, there's there's that, yeah. that tension that's in between. And I really think there's, I'm going to, I'm going to take, I'm going to make a huge leap here, but stick with me on it. That's the tension that we see in the Christian life too, because the Christian life is always always focused about on Jesus, what he's done mm-hmm. for us, who he has made us by forgiving us through his blood. That's it, the gospel. But the errors that can come up from that is either, well, the gospel, I'm forgiven of all my sins, so I can do whatever I want, which is that lawlessness without, you know, it's the living without those limits again. That's an error one way. And then the second error is, misunderstanding that it's all about Jesus and thinking, okay, now I have to put these burdens on myself and accomplish all this stuff or God won't love me. And both of those errors are wrong. Correct. And that's the same with when you're instructing your kids to mandate this perfection on them and say, you know, if you're not like this, I'm going to punish you. Well, that's wrong. You know, they're not going to be King Griffey Jr., but the other thing is that's wrong is to say, well, you know, it's a bat. You, you'll figure it out. And the next thing you know, they swing and hit each other with it versus. Which then ball. leads to discipline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I, we, we talked a lot about the spiritual. If, if you were to take the other three, the social, the physical, the intellectual, Right, obviously, spiritual being the standalone most important. Mm-hmm. Which of the next ones do you think would kind of like be that second 
like I, they should all yeah. be important, right? I, I'm not yeah. saying that there's like it, it's it's kind of like a a, a never-ending circle of just importance, yeah. but as far as your example goes and training your replacement, mm-hmm. which one? I have an I, answer, and I'll give you my answer after I get your answer. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say intellectually, but I'm gonna caveat that with that's more wisdom than it is information, book knowledge. Okay, if that makes sense. Yeah, because I think that that's if the spiritual foundation is correct, then it's having the wisdom to apply that in the world and live according to that and growing to be able to process the world itself and the situations that you're in and be able to make good decisions from that and that's going to be the the growth again the discipline that we instill in our kids and yeah reading learning you know sitting down and having conversation which that gets into the social aspect of it is going to be that's why they all work hand in hand because exactly what you said is what i was going to say but for the social aspect of it okay in the sense that if our kids are always observing and always listening which we know they are how we interact with people is going to teach them a lot yeah and how we give respect to people how we speak about people when they are not around how we react behind the steering wheel, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. all of that yep. is being observed, right? Mm-hmm. And and there's wisdom that comes along with being able to <laughs> handle that correctly. Um, but, and they all work together. I mean, yeah. our physical yeah. fitness affects our, our intellectual ability and our intellectual ability obviously informs our social ability. And obviously yeah. all of that is dependent upon our spiritual you know, aspect of things, but I just, that way that we interact with people is so important. Yeah. The, have you ever, are you, do your kids ever watch Bluey? Yeah. Do you know, yeah. so I, uh, the, the kids have, have started watching it recently and I really appreciate it because the dad in there is like one of the, uh, he's kind of the driving force of the family and it, they do a really good job depicting it but one of the one of the episodes that we just saw he the dad is taking the two kids bluey and bingo to a dump to to throw away stuff and they're driving and the the dad honks the horn at the car and the 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 kids go why did you honk the horn he goes well that person wasn't being a very good driver they get to a stoplight and the dad's having a conversation light turns green and bingo, the one of the children points out, the light's green, dad, go, go, go. And then there's somebody behind honking. And then the other kids, Bluey goes, so dad, does that mean you're not a good driver now? It's, but it's this, it was this like picture perfect. Correct. That's that's it. Yes, and, correct. And I've, yeah. and I've been that person, right? Not the yeah. honker. I don't honk. Like I yeah. don't honk. But like I do, like go like, 
oh my goodness, right? Yeah. And then yeah. my kids would be like, "What? What's wrong, Dad?" And I go, "Some people are just stupid drivers." And I, yeah. it just comes out, and I don't mean <laughs> yeah, for it to come right. out. And then Jack goes, "Dad, we don't say stupid," and I'm That's, like, "You're right. I'm yep. an idiot." Oh wait, yep. we don't say don't that, say either. that either. Right? <laughs> right. So yes. it's like. Yeah, they're always watching, folks, and so and we have to make sure that if we are going to train our replacements, yeah, that we are training them appropriately, specifically gearing them towards growth spiritually, socially, intellectually, and uh, physically. Yeah. I don't know what else. Just remember yeah. we're training our replacements. Go ahead. Yeah. So one other thing that yeah. is feeding into that, because I do. They, I do think there's an interconnectedness with all of them, and you can't. I, 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 you prioritize the spiritual, absolutely. Yeah. And you think about just from the creation, how did God make us? Well, He made us as intellectual in the term in terms of receiving His word, because that takes an aptitude, a capacity to hear His word, to believe His word. And before the fall, it was direct. It was just God speaking to him. After the fall, it takes the intervention of the Holy Spirit. Yet, also, before the fall, he made a social. It was not good that man should be alone. I will make for, for him a helper fit for him. Mm -hmm. Gives him woman. And then they're told to be fruitful multiply, to make a society. Yeah. And so there is that that interplay of these things are are necessary. And you do, there. there's also a, a complementing that goes on because when you're, trained in wisdom, trained intellectually, and then you enter into a social situation, you, you learn how to apply it. But then as you're in the social situation, that raises more questions that you have to come back to and go, how do I handle this? And yeah. ultimately, that always comes back to the spiritual side. Well, what does, how does God want me to handle this? What is the, what does his word say about this? But then that drives you back out into the, into that social setting where this has to be applied. So yeah, that interconnected this and the physical well-being just to throw on it is yes it, it is keeping in shape but it's also i mean if you're not a runner okay that, that doesn't mean start get up and start running but that does mean believe me <laughs> but that does mean you know take care of yourself in a way that is going to be one an example for your kids so taking showers you know being clean being presentable whatever whatever that is for you um you know, but then also you know, making decent choices. It's not, you know, not being overly indulgent in, well, alcohol for one would be uh, an easy one. But then also, you know, that foods that are going to have a negative effect on you that are going to uh, incapacitate you earlier than what should be going on. Because the point of God giving you life and giving you life for an extended period of time is that you would continue to train those around you and continue to act as a man, as an example for those around you. And we haven't talked about, you mentioned it, but there's also that phase that just as we go from being fathers, we will eventually move into, hopefully, God willing, the role of grandfathers. And I think right. that plays a huge role in this. So. It does, and it's all about that legacy, and it's all about training the replacements. Because hopefully, once we get to prayerfully that grandfather stage, we've trained our replacement, who is then training his replacement, and we yeah. are just along for the ride at that point to enjoy and to continue to train. Uh, 
with the gray-haired wisdom <laughs> that Scripture speaks of that I'm yeah. already starting to get if I had yeah. longer hair. But train the replacement. That is the importance, right? That's why yeah. we make. That's why we are making men is to train the replacements for what for God's glory and for the next generation. That's yeah. really answering that question. It's going to do it for us on the Two Chaps Pod tonight. He's Coleman. I'm AJ. Make sure you check out the Two Chaps on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you like, rate, and subscribe there. Then you can also get chopped up versions of the podcast on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe and pound that bell for notifications. Follow us on social media all over the place. Blogs, videos, whatever else is dropping from Uncultured Dad and the Two Chaps Pod. We will see you next week. Stay uncultured. Hey everybody, just want to thank you once again for spending some time with the Two Chaps Pod today. If you're on YouTube, make sure that you've liked and subscribed to our channel. Pound that bell for notifications so you can be notified when our latest content drops. If you're on social media, we are all over the place, including the brand new threads from Meta. And I do want to remind you, for longer content, including pre-show and post-show audio, make sure you've subscribed on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back next week with a new episode of the Two Chaps Pod, and until then, stay uncultured.